0: What's next for IT? In today's economy, technology touches every aspect of the day-to-day operations of business. There has never been more pressure on IT to deliver for our organizations. So what can we expect over the next decade? We need to think differently about how we approach our work to continue to thrive into the future. This requires all of us to be intentional in how we look at our role going forward. Smart IT is an approach to getting the important things done by transforming the way we think, work, and lead. And now, let's disrupt the status quo, simplify the complex, and reduce risk the smart IT way. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Smart IT Podcast. Once again, this is your host, William Reed. And today, I'm looking forward to chatting with Nick. Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, Nick, uh, we've got a very interesting uh, history here. I believe we we connected online maybe about six years ago. Uh, I think we were both in the probability management uh, group. Yeah. So I think we both um, have been through some of Sam Savage's um, uh, content and some of the materials. And then yeah. maybe uh, also maybe Doug Hubbard's work potentially. Absolutely. So that's the way I connected to you. So the whole cool thing with some of the work they're doing. But more recently, in the last couple months, uh, I reached out to one of my family friends was looking for a way to break into the IT field. So I reached out to my network and then I got a response from you. And what was cool about it was it was very, very helpful for him. Um, so it wasn't just the standard, you know, look at this or look at this. It was very uh, well detailed, very interesting on how to, Structure some of the training he could do, how to look for a posi- particular positions, what he should be looking for. So I really appreciate the help just to kind of start things off.
1: I did not, I did not know that. I'm sure I remember it now, and I should, I should have to take my own advice. Um, right now, I am in in between jobs, so I, uh, you know, I was with a place for eight years, um, but I'll have to look at that. And and it was it was heartfelt, I'm sure, and it's exactly. The type of um, responses that that warm you know warm me up so much. Um, you can just tell when people just take thirty seconds and just write something sincere, it makes all the difference in the world. So it, it's uh, it's interesting to see um, you recall something like that from something I don't even remember doing. <laughs>
0: And it was nice because it was a perspective from somebody on the inside of what we do. Yeah, right. Right. So obviously, in the Smart IT podcast, is everybody in every conceivable role inside of IT, from developers, project managers, cybersecurity specialists, risk analysts, business analysts. You know, the entire spectrum, right? Right. And we're kind of like the keepers of this digital infrastructure. That, like, I love to say, it powers the worldwide global market. Right. Sure. Economic activity everything you can imagine, moving goods and services across the planet, day-to-day activities for leisure and pleasure. Right. And so all got tech underneath it. And behind that, the men and women and IT serving and doing some great work here. Uh, so I always uh, feel good talking about that and really happy for the Smart IT Podcast and having guests like you on. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I think we, we spoke beforehand. And if you don't believe us, right, just unplug it all and Watch how the world doesn't turn so well, right? So it's the backbone of all that.
0: Oh, if you want to find out tonight, uh, unplug your router, your home router.
1: Interesting. Have, Why is that?
0: Well, if you have grandma or family kids around, they'll they'll notice something, right? It's like, whoa, what happened? We were watching something.
1: Oh, right, right.
0: And grandma was talking to somebody, and the call just went blank. Yeah. Right. The content on TV just went blank. And I went and asked Alexa what was going on. And guess what? Alexa didn't right. respond. Right. So what's the big deal about unplugging a cable from a router inside of a home? Right. It's not a business. Right. It's just I a home. It. Right. So it's just amazing how ubiquitous this technology is and yeah. the work that, that we do. It, it makes a yeah. difference.
1: Right.
0: Now, it's cool. I wanted to talk to you about obviously uh, multiple things uh, and, and about our pre-chat uh, before the, the podcast is interesting. We we're talking about one of everyone's favorite topic, right? We can't go anywhere about talking about this, these two letters, right? Oh. Uh, you know these two letters where everybody keep, for some reason, they keep harping on I don't know why. You know, right. It used to be digital transformation. It used to be big data. Now it's these two letters. So what AI, I mean, perhaps do you have any thoughts about AI? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it so-so?
1: Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, maybe? and it, it depends on how long we want to kind of stay on this jam and if there's some other things we want to talk about, but uh, you know, I've been paying attention to it. Um, so I think my last day with my last company was about a month ago or so, and I kind of knew that, um, you know, I had I had to pay attention and, and get my own compass point about what I thought AI was going to be. So I was I'm diving head in. I just finished a couple uh, Hello Worlds. I've been you know collaborating with a lot of of. All, all my data friends, all my uh, modeler friends, uh, ex-startup friends, and just trying to get a temperature for it as well. So I've been, you know, diving in and, and trying to you know make my own assessment of where I think that that line is between the hype in 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 the real the real deal. So but, but is there anything specific you want me to kind of jam on? Yeah, I guess we should, I guess i could back up
0: a little bit and find out is, I guess, a basic question, is IT ready for AI, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, short answer is of course. It's going to, and it's going to take its um, forms depending on the lens that you look, you know, you look at it. So are you a DevOps person? Are you cybersecurity? Uh, Are you a, quote, a developer? Are you full stack? Are you data scientists? Are you, uh, you know, who are you? And you're going to have a different opinion about it, but you will have an opinion about it. It's it's impossible, I believe, to be in IT. Now you could be in project management yeah. maybe and just trying to like Olay it and hope it's a fad <laughs> and hope you don't have to dive in and maybe you'll be right.
0: So if you are walking by the C suite and they're having a board meeting and you heard somebody say, Hey, we just came back from a conference and they were doing something that will revolutionize how we do business in our marketplace. Now, if you would have broke into that meeting, Nick, and started talking about large language models and some other technical jargon, they may be at you like crazy. Like, what are you talking about? So, I know in your career, you had to have the, you know, the ability to translate right technical language. Sometimes it's called techno babble, or getting the weeds of some of this engineering scientific matter that business people don't necessarily know, but we do know the business people are hearing about use cases, right? How they can digitally transform, how they can transform their business models. So that's going to have an effect on how CIOs think about their operating models. So Mm -hmm. talk about a little about, you know, what IT operating models might look like to change. And then just, you know, the ability of all of IT really to kind of talk that business language, because they're hearing use cases and what's possible. On the IT side, we're talking about the nuts and bolts of how to make it work.
1: So you're, you're saying what would I say if I had to poke my head in a board meeting? Right. Yeah. I would be fired. <laughs> <laughs> My boss would be so nervous, because what would happen is I'd get excited and too comfortable, yeah. and I would lose them, right I think it's the, the older I get, the harder it's for me to succinctly talk about something I'm excited about um and, and a lot of the times is because there's too much of that um oversimplification. Right. Oh. Um, especially in very large, complicated um, environments, the Fortune 500. Um, there's nothing simple about a Fortune 500 supply chain. Oh. And and I almost feel like. And I struggle with this because. If I can get it all boiled down in a 30 second soundbite. Right. Um, I'd probably be cracking a beer uh, with Elon Musk by now.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I would have figured it out. So but you know, in seriousness, I get your gist of so what what is the 30 second soundbite Um and I think it depends on you know the business. Um if you're in a technical business, you you know when the word workflow, uh if you want to translate that to, you know, agile and say, well, it's the value stream, it's it's how your company makes money. So what you know, what problems do you have Uh, great board that you want to resolve? And then we can go back and see if AI can help improve it. Because the the other side of the coin is don't slap technology, you know, as a fix. And, uh, you know, I feel AI is just a way to improve anything, like literally anything. So if you have data on how you did it in the past, Maybe have a team look at using that old data and run it through and see if you can come new insights. If it's a new market, well, you can run smart experiments to see is that market real or does that market align with your pain threshold or your change threshold from your current value streams? Those are some of the things I'd want to get into with the board, Um, but I just find it impossible to do in 30 seconds.
0: Well, good thing. Well, 30 seconds, you can talk about increased revenue, increased profits, increased margins, lower EBITDA. They say, oh, all cool things. And then hit them up with benchmarking. There's no one doing it just yet, but we we can start on that and start exploring. So I kind of like the way you're talking about. Yeah. like
1: Classic sales pitch. Give me your problems. Yes. Let me make sure I understand and repeat back the art, you know, the, the articulated problem from your, your words, not mine. And then let me get out of the boardroom and come back to see if I can deliver, you know, on you know, of my promises. That's how I would really prefer to talk to the super elite, the super smart, like they don't want to be sold. Right. And I learned this actually at uh, working at combined net, which was a Carnegie Mellon startup. Um, you know, the average spend was 80 million dollars it was for Fortune 100 companies you know my role was to take the data uh clean it scrub it uh work with the rest of the delivery team um get custom code out the door collect new data bids in the market and then go train the buyers how to spend 200 million dollars that's what Great. I did. What I learned there about the the no nonsense way when you're talking with stakes that high, you you, you know, everything's a very, everything's very direct, direct questions, direct answers. What the, what I didn't do so well is after that experience Mm -hmm. is a lot of that communication style was, um, too direct, too direct. Um, you could just tell, like, you had to find a way to soften some of the messages so that was interesting. Like when the spend is high and the risk is high, I feel well, it's direct conversation. When it isn't, there's this odd way to soften everything, right? You have to just, you can't be so direct. And I struggle with uh, the middle ground at times.
0: See me just coming in and saying,
1: I don't know, we don't know,
0: but if it's worth it, we can go find out.
1: Right. And, and by the, the stake, way, in the, in the yeah. stakes high enough, right? Yeah. Then we're gonna go find out, right?
0: right? And by the way, our top five competitors—they're still trying to figure out as well to kind of exactly. ease ease that 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 uh, tension. Like, oh my god, we could fall behind, right? Cause that's what it is, right? Business people heard something, saw somebody do something weird, and say, "We got to be the next Amazon or the next Netflix." I don't something. Know. I
1: mean, I think logically that makes sense. That's a classic FUD argument, right? Fear, yeah. fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But I, I just feel like the the senior. Decision makers have kind of heard it all before, right? So, it, it, and I, mean, I struggle with you. Do you prey upon pray? Do you yeah. play upon that yeah. that psychology, or do you just try to meet them where they are, right? And meeting them where they are could just be. Let me just ask you simply: Are there two? What are the two things you're struggling with right now? That's it. Not the fifty. I don't want to make them up. But if, and if I, you can't connect, right, if you can't connect personally with a decision maker like that, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I don't want to waste my time. right? I don't want to waste my time on a book report project where no one really cares about it. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the trick.
0: Yeah, it's almost like finding where uh, People have had success. Right. Like if you're struggling with uh, a cost of a customer acquisition cost. Right. And you're looking around the industry and like, oh man, some other folks are doing it. How do they do it? Right? Did they change their business processes? Do they bring in more talent? Do they uh, do both and enhance it with new technology, new emerging tech? And then figure out a way. And then it's like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, no one's done it yet. Or no, someone has done it. How are they doing it? How far are we all from doing that? And that's kind of an interesting thing for CIOs, right? They're looking to figure out, okay, do we have gaps in capabilities? That we're going to need to help answer those questions for uh, customer acquisition cost or reducing the amount of time to get some new innovative uh, thing out there. Can I reduce it by a quarter, two quarters? Can everybody got that pressure of market looking at me. Maybe we're going to go to public, maybe we're going to acquire. So all this pressure is coming from the business, a lot of ideas. And they're looking at the CIO and CTOs and they're looking at their teams and like, how far off, off are we?
1: More data scientists, yeah. more data. I I would probably ask them and tell me what you have no appetite for, right? Maybe, um, maybe this is the third run of them trying the next shiny thing. And I would rather go and say, before I go away, I can do both, right? I could come in and do my equivalent of, uh, you know, one of the, the main trusted, uh, Public reports, you know, the paid services that the big companies use, yeah. and they just regurgitate whatever they could get from their own report and say, "Oh, we need to use X to solve the Y problem." Yeah. Or I could go one step further and say, and, "And what? You know, what are you not interested in? Like, what do you have no appetite for?" And maybe that's what I can engage with them, and they'll be like, "No, I really do want to see where the upper bound is on AI relative to automation or relative yeah. to." And there I feel like I got them, right? In the sense that I got a, a bond. I would need I would want I would personally want to, to have them engage with me. So I I feel I'm not just feeding them some stock report that they could probably go buy from any consulting company. Right.
0: And that and that brings up an interesting point about CIOs really having to know their teams, right? What their current capabilities are their current operating models? Are the other companies doing a different model differently? Are they onshore or offshoring too much development work? Uh, how are they doing their security? How they managing their projects? Do we need to bring it back in-house? How are the teams actually uh, formed and work with other parts of the business? So the kind of like the next level of a CIO is more like, okay, I'm thinking I her as I walk by. So instead of Nicky going into the boardroom, you just... Put your ear up to the door. Right. And you listen for five, yes. 10 minutes like, okay. And you kept on walking. Yeah. Then you went back and did all hands call with your, your your technical leadership. It's like, you know what? This is what I'm hearing.
1: That's
0: the, it. The final one else is possible.
1: 99% be like, Nick, that's what you do.
0: There we go. And they say, hey, <laughs> Nick.
1: listen. Yeah. Come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we hear the guests, hey, Nick, man, we need like two more data scientists. We yeah. need some more developers. Did and they by mention the
1: way, AI? Yes, they did.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have to, what, That's
1: how it yeah. should work.
0: And then the CISO pipes up and say, "Hey, Nick, slow your roll down, dude. Yeah, we're, right? we're not mature enough to get our hand on everything. We're gonna have some some problem securities. Like, so talk about that. You know, hearing these different voices, like what's what's needed, what's possible, where you currently at, and kind of figure out where the gaps. Putting together a plan and like, okay, let's, let's get going here, so we can come back as a one voice back to the business and say, we've been thinking about some things."
1: I think you nailed it, and I think that's that's the game. The game is um, what size business are you in? Um, you know, and, it, and it's it's an older book, and and I think the book that nailed this was the Phoenix Project by Gene oh, Kim. Oh yeah. right? loved it. Like Absol- must read, must read. Right? Yeah, it's 19. a game within the game. Like yeah. you can have all the logic you want, you can have you know everything, but on on surface, but things just aren't working. Well, why not? Well, it's because exactly what you just said, like, hold up. Um, you can do this analysis, but the conclusions that people are going to draw, what kind of impact is that going to have to the CFO? What's that going to say? Like, how is the, the you know chief of security going to respond to the fact that I went and did all these security scans and now I gave you three years worth of work yes. with no <laughs> ROI? <laughs> just pain,
0: yes. Right. So all of so, a sudden, your mother, your your TCO just went right? out, and your ROI just went down with all yeah. these extra work. Yeah.
1: So you know that that's the art and science of it all. Um, and again, my hope is uh, that you know leadership and culture doesn't shoot the messenger, and and that, and that's the wild card. Um, you know, because there's so much good that you can do. There's so many efficiencies. There's so many like Lego pieces. IT is just one big Lego box to me. You know, can you get all the master builders in a room solving problems Yeah. so they don't have to think about, oh, I said this too firmly to this person or my deck didn't have enough colors to yeah. that person, you know, like let, let your problem solvers unlock them they want to solve the problem and then try not to be too worried about all that other fluff um and it's not right it's it's like it's a maturity thing i get it it's a skill thing it's communication i get it but don't you have enough of those people already Mm -hmm. what you don't have is that culture that just wants to wake up and solve problems together as a team like that's the all-star team that's whatever one wants. And I feel like all this other stuff we're kind of talking about is, is there, there it's, a, it's a dampening factor to why most companies don't get it.
0: Well, you bring up a good point there because we can talk about IT operating models and see how we got this nice, smooth, working well, oil machine, everybody's working together, silos has been broken down, but it's operating model for the business itself. yes, Just like you said, so if you get in there and you, you're ready to work and solve problems and you got three main lines of businesses, conflicting right and maybe the culture hasn't been built from the ceo down so cio can get caught, caught in the crossfires
1: oh yeah that and, and that's the, that's the class i mean i feel like that's really where it does come down to the the people side of it uh and that's what i think is great about tech and you mentioned before about the translator right you got to have that bond you got to have a personal connection where both sides that you're translating uh for like actually want to solve the problem. Um, and if they don't, that's the big, that's the big frustration. I yeah. mean, anything, digital transformations, agile transformations, um, you know, you name it, those things all will fall flat. Um, If you don't have, you, you know, people re- working together to solve the problem. Uh, Ob- another Ob- interesting Ob- thing is, it was
0: perfect. That's good. Because uh, the other thing is people say, well, we can just use data, do some analysis, and that'll solve all the problems, right? So we got three lines of businesses. We don't have to say, I think this is my my way, is the best way. We can just analyze it, right? But we know there are a lot of uncertainty, right? And the models, people it's use the decision-making. I tried making,
1: that. Yeah. I thought that was the ticket, that if I just lay the cards on the table, let them read it themselves, then everyone would be aligned. So- you know, data is too broad of a word. Um, you know, everyone has uh, this is a Sam Savageism, right? Uh, PTSD. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank, it's this you know, basically the statistical uh, fear uh, that they got in their like high school class, right? He, yeah. he repurposed it, S is statistical, and I forget the rest of it. Um but you know, you start flashing too much data and too much uh, fanciness, especially the you know the, the business elite. Um, they don't want to feel intimidated by a data scientist, right? You gotta you gotta round file off all those sharp edges and be like, yeah. and this what it this is what it means. This is the impact. But even that, the data sometimes is so um, v- varied. Yeah. So even if you want to say uncertainty, if you say, like, oh, no, we can handle that too. We just, we're just we just going to put variances around some of your best estimates. Nope, not when they are expecting a, a number with a decimal place, by the way. Yeah. I want to know it's going to take us 11.7 days to deliver <laughs> X, right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, it's just not in the data. Like, I, I'll tell you 11.7, but <laughs> we know. That there's no confidence interval at all.
0: Our bound could be quite much right. higher.
1: <laughs> right. So, so now where are you? So, it, it, it just, yeah. I wish there's. I wish there was a silver bullet. Right. And and it comes down to those bonds and that trust and 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 like the fundamentals. And then you layer on top the sophistication, whether it's the data analysis side, whether it's, you know. Uh, whatever systems that we, we don't have today or techniques. But again, that's why I think AI is a fun sandbox for people to, um, I don't know, I'll say buffer, buffer. but you can experiment with it and yeah. be like, well, the AI is wrong. It's not the CIO is not wrong, yeah. right? It's, oh yeah, we don't like people. Okay, fine. I think AI is, is a is a is a beacon for people to kind of get unstuck from some of these things that you know I'm I'm kind of bringing up the the, the soft politics of it all. Well, I love it
0: because yeah. it's been democratized, right? So at first, with AI in earlier days it was like only for the for the people for data scientists, right? Right. And all of a sudden, OpenAI comes out here. It's like, whoa! Anybody can just sign up for a free account and start using it. So just basically opened everything up, right? just exploded now. So not limited right. to a, a certain number of people who went through a lot of schooling, a lot of training. It's like somebody can ask a question for a forecast or utilizing a lot of other information that's been sitting there. And all of a sudden it's like, now we have to go catch up now, right? So once you get into the end user's hands of thinking about yeah. what potentially could be used uh, to help our work, uh, speed up our operations, you know, uh, increase your efficiency. Now all of a sudden you got a CIO and its team got to come back and say, you know what? Whoa, let me make sure and find out what we can do and get on top of this.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, to try to put, we'll say some specificity around the AI and use cases. Um, I, I think that when AI came out, 30, 20 years ago, you'll you'll hear these generational, you know, claims that I remember when AI was you know was X and Y, and you could say the same thing about optimization. So if we can get a little bit deep here, wow. right? The startup that I worked for used a um, an algorithm that was fifty years old. Right, it came out of um, operations research, um, essentially wartime planning. Um, but it's sad, right? It's sad or uh, there was not a market opportunity to really make it, um, you know, valuable in, in a specific business use case. So the startup got founded by some casual conversations um, and it landed on strategic sourcing or more of a supply chain application, right? So it was a classic um, maximize good, minimize bad. Yeah. That was it you know, linear programming. It was, um, so I think the same thing with AI in that we were using Google search for 15 plus years and it did exactly what you just said with AI. It had anyone could, you know, could you type in a bar and hit enter? Congratulations. You're now using Google search that's searching the entire internet, all the knowledge in the world. You want to see what that purple flower is? Can you can you type and hit enter? Congratulations, you're using search, right? So it's the same thing with AI right now. It's that same use case. Unfortunately, that use case is already dated. Because what's happening with AI today, because so we we got introduced to ChatGPT through that 15 plus year use case we knew through search okay but now that door is busted wide open then this goes back to the CIO why I would encourage anyone listening to f- there's intelligent ways to experiment with AI without exposing your own data number one I'll say yes number two find the curious people in your organization and make it fun have a lunch uh do a weekend thing i don't know but you'll be able to generate a thousand ideas uh and and safely explore ai okay happy to talk to anyone about that but that linear motion of i go in i prompt i get something back is going is is not even what ai is anymore it's 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 gonna be a layer on top it's to say oh here's some data I'm going to create two or three personas. I'm going to create a persona of a CIO, of a CISO, of a QA analyst, of a marketing analyst. I'm going to create these personas and I'm going to build up the next layer of AI use cases to see if we should be exploring the following markets. Mm -hmm. That's That's what's happening right now. And it's almost just as easy to set that up as it is that initial use case. Because all you need to really do is describe the personas. You get a little bit of a junior level developer to put the, the code into the model, and then you hit the go button, and you watch what comes back. So most people aren't, who I talked to in the last you know three or four weeks, I'm like, hey, have you heard about this agent to agent interface on the AI models? Not only that, there's Outfits out there that are using seven or five of the models concurrently. The, the like, so you don't even have to be beholden to one LLM. Uh, yeah. So that like that just dropped six weeks ago. Yeah. So when you say AI, yeah. and you say what should we say to the board? Well, you really need a team of people staying on top of it without feeling like you're betting the farm with every new release with ai and it's this next level use case of agents to agents ai's talking to ai's focused through some specific business use cases and business objectives that's what's happening right now And that's going to be the way organizations are going to a- address their most complicated problems as a tool uh, supporting them, not hey Nick, you know, go back six weeks, buy some reports online, come back, give me a pretty PowerPoint and yeah. sell it. Yeah, right. That's that's the old model, and I think that's going to serve some people right and well. Like they're going to want that. They're going to want to be told, like classic, like no one got fired for hiring one of the big consulting companies. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe unless your market goes away. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> I know.
1: We all get fired then.
0: Yes. What's well, so innovative is uh, interesting. Can you almost ask it, hey, what are what we we're not talking about? Take a look at all our notes and all our meeting notes from across the organization. What have we not talked about, discussed, or even uh, contemplated?
1: Can't do it. You can't yeah. do it in the old way. And that's, yeah. There's just too much information. And even if the AI comes back and, you know, we talk about um, probability and, and and risk, even if it comes back with 50% garbage, you can still find ways to tease out, you know, the signal from the noise because there could be in the 2%, one or two gems in there. So it's not a binary thing, right? It's not an either or. If you're a little bit uh, creative with the way you tease out the garbage and the hallucination, right? Because the hallucination is just a huge uh, non-starter for uh, people who aren't close to AI or tech, right? But even the hallucination stuff is getting um, looked at really creatively. So it, mm. I, I just, with a little creativity, you really can't lose by getting a team in place that knows how to kind of navigate the AI space.
0: So Nick, I'm have a little provocative question. Now, some people like over rely on technology too much and they're going to get so wrapped up in AI it's going to be that point where they said this company just went out of business. because they went on a very, very aggressive new strategy that led them to collapse and the CEO and get up in front of the press conference and say it wasn't our fault. Nick, IT built this AI system that recommended a, a course of action that led to the downfall of our company. It wasn't a human's fault, so don't blame me. Can you see
1: that happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it goes back to the premise we talked about earlier. Um, what is IT? Um, you know, what is software programming? What was software programming 15 years ago? You know, I, You know, I remember... Great programmers, like almost breaking out into a cold sweat rash when you started talking about the hardcore algorithms that the software needed to ingest, you know, with an API call and throw back data and a report. And if you if you ask them to start to debug the algorithm itself, they would like they're like, no, I'm not. That's not me. That's a math quant type. And fast forward now, how many people can fire up R or something and call a library and say, here's my data, you know, uh, fit this data to. And by the way, don't use one algorithm, use like eight of them. And any programmer now can do that. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with AI in your use case, which is to say, one, does the business understand its own separation from like church and state from its business model and IT number 1 and then do you have some people around you that can talk about where this AI line in the sand is drawn from what you maybe been doing anyways that you guys call machine learning or even regression like how are you guys using whatever it is you're using to make quote big good business decisions odds odds are you're using like a whole uh say genealogy of of a sophistication which could have probably been arguably using AI before it was even called AI. Yep, very true. So like I, I feel those situations that you're describing, um they're gonna they're gonna get the weak businesses, right? They're gonna get the weak leaders, they're gonna get the lazy businesses that are Covering their eyes, hoping the AI monster goes away and doesn't touch their their cash cows and their value streams, right? But I think uh, for most most people paying attention, most leaders, most boards, most organizations that are always weary of uh, we can't rest on our laurels, they're probably not going to get caught in a in a situation like what you're describing. That's um, good. Unless know. they choose it, right? Yeah. Here's the problem now yeah. is if you get the greedy, right, the greedy business people and they're only worried about making money, they're going to look at this and they're going to weaponize it. They're going to weaponize it to cut costs someplace, fire a bunch of people, and then what, right? So, you know, and that's a valid concern, but I feel like AI in, in some ways is, is going to ask us in a broader way to even rethink, um, you know, rethink some of our definitions of what a good company is, yeah. right? I mean, just because you can fire half your workforce doesn't necessarily mean you should, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you could probably that. retrain them and go find a more lucrative market or do something else or, you know, fire a subset of that. And that's what I think is really interesting with this AI debate. Um I think it's going to be really revealing. I think it's, I call AI is a mirror. It's going to, it's a mirror. It's being held up to our society right now. And we're going to sit there and do exactly what you said. We're going to blame the AI, right? Or is it how you chose to use the tool, right? That was your choice, not the AI's choice until we get AGI, but that's probably a different podcast. There you go.
0: So the beginning, the middle and the end, it always comes back to us, the humans. Always.
1: I hope. I mean, that I,
0: I'm, <laughs> as not, one great leader no would say,
1: uh, I won't say their name, but I'm I'm pro human.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Right. We're we're, 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 we're kind of cool, right? He was a kind of. I mean,
1: I, I kind of yeah. like hanging out with humans.
0: Me too. Uh, right. Hey Nick, we could probably go on for hours on this, man. I definitely appreciate your time today to kind of talk about some of these uh, topics and uh, get some insights from you. And uh, it was kind of cool our pre talk. We kind of kind of led into a little AI things and so many other topics we could talk about So we'll have Great. to come back, have you back on the Please, future for stop. some two.
1: And I feel like uh, we, I stayed in the general a lot. Um, but if we wanted to really go down some specific use cases and even the word AI yeah. basically makes some people, you know, their their screen, their, their skin crawl a little bit because they, uh, they're like, what do you mean specifically? Yeah. Right. AI is such a broad topic, but yeah, I'd love to. And thank you for this opportunity. And uh This is really fun to do. So thank you so much.
0: Hey, thank you for your time today. Uh, Everybody, that's been another episode of the Smart IT Podcast. Uh, If you want more information, you can go to WilliamReed.info. Until the next episode, take care. Thanks for joining another episode of the Smart IT Podcast, where we explore what's next for IT disrupt the status quo, simplify the complex, and reduce risk together. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and leave your comments. And for more smart IT wisdom, check out my website at williamreid.info.